Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast. For music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, and we have some amazing um, announcements. A couple of things we're just going to do right before the word. Uh, where's Michael and Amy? Are you guys back there? We have a special announcement up in here. Come on down. A very special couple here, and uh, they're just so packed with gifting, and, and uh, just they have wonderful heart for the Lord and for his people, and we just love you guys so much. And, and on top of all of that, they have an announcement. So I'm going to let you guys announce it. Is that okay? We're pregnant. So if you know their story, if you know their story, this is no ordinary announcement. They've been through a lot of challenges in this area, miscarriages, and, and a lot of pain, really. And so we really want to not only celebrate and rejoice with them, but we, we want to cover them in the journey of pregnancy. And uh, what, what month are you looking at? Do you know? Um, I do in November. November. November, baby. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, big time. So let's, if you guys would just take a moment, and we're going to uh, just cover them. I just, if, if we could just extend your, your hands, your hearts towards them, because it's really been a battle, a lot of warfare, and maybe, yeah, get people to calm down back there. They're a little too excited. <clears throat> All right. Father, we thank you for Michael and, and Amy, and we just thank you, Lord, that you are the author of life. We don't understand all your ways, but we know who you are. And we know you are good. You're a great shepherd, Lord. You're a faithful father. And we just want to celebrate and rejoice with those who rejoice for this baby right now that's coming. And we just pray, Lord, for continued shalom, peace, and health. And already the breakthroughs they've received, Lord. Uh, and and uh, we just pray for a straight and narrow path that leads to life for this baby. We no deviations, no interference, and that you cover Amy, especially right now, Lord, that her body would be uh, just fully girded up with the full armor. And we just thank you. You watch over this little one now. We just consecrate him or her to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We plead the, plead the blood of Jesus over this couple. Woo! Hallelujah. And this new life. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so um, also we have a, a couple other announcements. Anthony, you, come on down. Anthony has a, a brother that he takes care of and uh, has been going through some real challenges. So I wanted him to let everyone know so we can be standing with them in prayer also. So this is Anthony Ivey, everybody. Hey, one of my, my oldest friends down here in the hood, uh, we, we linked up way back in, I don't know, 94, 5, somewhere back there. He was one of the first guys to ever live in the apartment when we first started get, getting it renovated. Maybe it was before it was renovated. I don't know. But either way, he was a pioneer uh, back in the day and just so honor you. And tell us what's going on with your brother. Good morning, everyone. My name is Anthony Ivey, and I call Scott my bishop. I call Pastor Sarah my pastor. And I've been here over 20 years. I tell people this is my second tour of duty. 
I have a brother whose name is Craig. He's 60 years young. He's autistic, and I'm his conservator. Craig was diagnosed approximately two and a half weeks ago with stage four prostate metastatic cancer. We are now at Sarah Cannon Cancer Center, and I'm lonely there with him overnight. Craig is about 82% nonverbal. He cannot talk for himself, so I speak on his behalf. While we've been there, we have not truly been receiving the best quality of care that we could have been. And just this week alone, we've had two um, procedures. One was a tube, portal tube to receive excess fluid off his lungs. The other was a port in his chest to take um, lab works because his veins are small and tiny. This young man has really suffered a lot. We have undergone two blood transfusions this week. And I was hoping to be able to stand here and, and begin what we, I want to call Team Craig to do direct donations, but the Red Cross is taking its time. Most of all, last night I just experienced him for about seven and a half hours rattling with his body in pain. We did our first round of our third chemo last Sunday. If you believe in God and you have faith, please lift up Craig. Please lift me up so that I have strength to endure. I love you. God bless. Let's pray, let's pray right now. Lord, we thank for Anthony. We lift up Craig to you, Lord. And Lord, we know this young man is precious to you. And uh, Lord, we just intercede on his behalf, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over his life. And Lord, we also stand in agreement with Anthony, who's had to really fight the good fight of faith, just for basic care and justice for this this brother, Lord, we just pray that, that he would get premium care. He wouldn't get lost in the shuffle or fall between the cracks, Lord. We just ask, even though he doesn't have a voice like most of us, Lord, that you would uh, be his voice and allow Anthony to be his voice, Lord, uh, and that he would get all that he needs, Lord. We pray for healing. We pray for miraculous intervention. We pray and cover them now in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Thank Love you, man. Okay, and then we have another very important announcement uh, with Courtney and Austin, and especially Courtney right now. Many of you guys know the story. She's one of Austin and Courtney, are, are pastors here on this campus, and a dear part of this family for many years, and, and just carry so much. And Courtney's gone through really a kind of a shocking uh, challenge with her heart coming through the pregnancy, little baby rhythm. That's his name, Rhythm, the rhythm of his heart, of her heart. And um, we believe that um, there's going to be a, a miraculous intervention. There's already, we're seeing signs of God breaking through, but it was looking pretty dire even this week. They were like just starting to, you know, set up for a heart transplant, which we're like going, what is happening? This is insane. And, uh, and even though she's had tremendous care and, and we've seen God's fingerprints all over it, we're just like, this is just out of control, felt, felt that way. And, uh, and yet we saw the Lord pull it back into a, 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 an amazing intervention here, and we believe there's a window, a miraculous window that God has given us to contend for Courtney's heart. It just needs to get strong again. Susie, come and um, just give us a, a quick update, and we're going to pray. This is Susie, and this is Courtney's mom. Courtney is her daughter. She came first, <laughs> but she is known as Courtney's mom. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, so I wanted her to just share and then we'll pray. Yeah. First of all, I want to start off with prayer. This is what I told pastors. This is what I told Courtney and Austin. 
is Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good that are the called. And Courtney and Austin are the called according to his purposes. We all are the called. So it's, it's been a crazy two weeks, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but it's been a hopeful last 24 hours, I'll say that. Uh, like Pastor Scott said, we got some shocking news on Thursday. Um, just to get a, a little bit of background on what everybody knows, but only like 3% of women have this congestive heart failure that happens during pregnancy in the last trimester, and that's what happened with Courtney. Uh, normally, they recover pretty quickly if they do have it, but unfortunately, uh, Courtney did not recover quickly as some others have. Um, and then they came to us. Her heart is only functioning as far as pumping blood at about 25 to 30%. But that's increasing in the name of Jesus. And, uh, but like Pastor Scott said, they came to Courtney and Austin Thursday and said, we really think you need to be, have a heart transplant because the medicine they saw given her was not pumping and increasing the pumping like it should. But praise the Lord. Um, God is good, y'all. I mean, I don't know what you may be going through, but stand firm because the enemy is defeated. Come on. He defeated him at the cross, just like we sang the song today. He is defeated. We had a prayer session with pastors yesterday, and um, it's just, I mean, I was looking at my phone going, oh my gosh. Courtney texted the four of us and said, my heart has increased, not significantly increased, but it increased than what it had been after we had prayed, like within 10 minutes. And glory. And we believe it's continually increasing. And uh, she's taken medicine for her heart, like I said, and she noticed her hand was swelling. Well, come to find out, the, the needle that was putting the, the IV in was not even in the vein. And the, so that medicine was backing up. So because it was showing faults on their readings that she was not getting this medicine and helping her heart. So they corrected all that. So and I know Courtney's probably watching right now. We love you, Austin, Rhythm. So we're just praying. And like I said, Romans 8, 28. I mean, God is faithful. He's been faithful through all this to talk about the baby. His midwife came yesterday. He has gained back his birth weight and an ounce. He's flourishing. And thank you, everyone that has come with meals or just support to visit Courtney or to help us with the baby. We have an amazing community here. But we also have amazing community all over the world. When I look on Facebook, how many people are praying for them or us? It's just a beautiful thing, the body of Christ. So I thank you for your prayers. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Courtney is whole. In the name of Jesus, her heart will go back into rhythm as it's supposed to be. And she will flourish. Austin will flourish. And rhythm will flourish for the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's just agree with that prayer. Lord, we, we say yes and amen. Father, we thank you uh, for this miraculous. They gave, they gave, I'm kind of talking and praying at the same time, but uh, they gave her uh, an extra two weeks. They were, they were going to go full steam ahead into this operation and looking for a heart and all that stuff. And then they said, 
a counsel from uh, Vanderbilt said, hold up, let's just give her two more weeks and see if the heart would rebound on its own. And so we say, yes, it will. And we just say, let the numbers increase in Jesus' name. One other thing, which is amazing, and Pastor Scott can totally relate to this because this is his favorite number in the whole wide world. And that is, Courtney is in room seven. So, yes, and I've just really been praying that something miraculously is going to happen on the 7th of May. I'm believing for that. Yeah. Amen, amen. Seven is God's fingerprint, y'all. So we got two weeks. So here's what I want to put out there. If, we, if you guys just be led by the Holy Spirit, but if you would fast and pray, we have a two-week window here. Uh, and, of course, we, we were talking a second ago, God can do it in two seconds, you know, but, but he... He allows things to play out sometimes. He allows us to be involved and activate our faith and, and uh, be part of the storyline of what God's doing. So uh, we're just, just kind of putting it out there that if you guys would consider fasting, praying, doesn't have to be necessarily the whole two weeks, but a portion of it or however you're led. But let's believe for this breakthrough and for Craig as well. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you said that things uh, happen, pro- profound things, unusual things happen, things that wouldn't happen otherwise when we fast, when we pray. So we speak this over these breakthroughs that are needed, this healing in Jesus' name. Amen. So just practically, we'll start um, a corporate fast. You guys pick the days that you want to fast, okay? I believe that as you don't have to fast the whole two weeks, but maybe pick three days that you're going to be intentional to fast on behalf of Courtney getting that steady, strong, new heart, okay? And also for Craig, you just heard Anthony's brother who is in chemo um, for uh, him to be healed. And also if you would lift up Michael Brady, who you saw a couple of weeks ago, he's paralyzed from thoracic vertebrae one down. And uh, that was a surprise thing that ended up happening because he took a blood pressure medicine and it caused this paralysis. And so, but two weeks from tomorrow, so May, so I'm asking if you guys would pray from May 2nd through May 16th, and each of you guys pick three days that you intentionally fast and pray. And you don't have to fast all your food. Pick something to fast if that's meat or vegetables or something something that uh, would cost you a little bit, something that would you feel like would be sacrificial if you would please consider fasting. And those that are watching online, if you would do the same, think of three days between May 2nd and May 16th to pray and fast for Courtney's new heart. She's going to have a new heart. We're believing for the miraculous. God's already done it. He's already done so many miracles to this point. He'll continue to do it. And yeah, so thank you. All right. Amen. Okay, so we're going to jump into the Word. We started a series uh, called Stewardship, about the stewardship that the Lord has called us all to. And uh, the first week, I was more just laying foundation that uh, we are managers. We are here to, to do the work that God has called us to do, that he owns everything, and we, we work here. We, we've been allowed to take care of his creation and, and have dominion in the earth, but we know that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and all who live in it, right? 
But there's a job for us to do. And so today I want to I jump into uh, talking about stewardship, talking about work. Yeah, I said it, work. The stewardship of work. We don't think about it. We don't, maybe don't even talk about it that much in church, but I think we need to. Uh, approximately a third of our life is work, unless you're a workaholic, and then it goes up, 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 right? Uh, and so um, this is something that we spend a lot of time doing, and, and it's essential that we do it, not just for survival in the material realm, but also scripturally. We're going to look into this, and we're going to see how God has called us to be stewards in, the, in, in our, what our hands find to do, okay? And so let's get some scriptures. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. And uh, I guess whatever one comes first there, if you got it. Okay, here we go. Uh, now this is from Exodus 20, starting in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter or male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And we got a next scripture, I think. Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Let me read that one more time. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. And one more scripture, Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Someone say to work it. Okay, you're called to work it. Please be seated. So we see here right from the, right from the get-go that as God created, fashioned Adam and Eve and put them in the garden, and we know the garden was a, a perfect place, a place of perfection without sin initially. And so he, in essence, he puts them in paradise and he gives them a job and tells them to work it and take care of it. And so even paradise... The way God designed it has work. Work is involved. Some people think maybe heaven is an eternal vacation, you know, uh, extended vacation. I believe when, when we get to the heavenly realm, there's going to be all kinds of amazing things for us to do. Jobs, work, adventures. And, uh, and so I hope you like work on earth as well because it's part of the, the, the DNA of God himself and it's what he's prescribed us to do and to aspire to and to do it with all of our heart, okay? Now, we know there's some toil involved. There's some sweat of the brow. There's a curse that came upon Adam because of the sin that it's not always going to be easy. It's not going to be... How many people have experienced difficulty at work? No one. All right, you guys are doing good. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> just me because I'm a pastor, right? <laughs> No, let me try that again. How many people have experienced some difficulty at work? Yeah. Uh, that's what I thought. It's good to be honest in church if there's one place. <laughs> All right. So, so we see that, that um, 
you know, it's something we're called to, but it can be a, a war zone, but that's because this whole life is a war zone. We have an adversary. Uh, the enemy seeks who he can devour. We, as we're talking about contending for health and for life and, and fighting the good fight of faith, I mean, this is just part of what we're involved in because God put us here and, and there is a, a battle going on and it does interfere with our work and things that we try to do and, and sometimes there's disappointment, sometimes there's, we start something and it doesn't go well, there's bankruptcies, there's, there's um, mishaps and there's, uh, you know, you start a church and then there's a church split. I mean, there's stuff happens, right? It just does. However, there's a blessing in work. And in the stewardship we've been called to. Now, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're called to be managers here. We're called to, we're sons and daughters, so it's a, it's a royal calling. In, in essence, it's almost like we're, we're like kings. He's like, like the Lord created uh, the earth, and he said, now you be the king of the earth to Adam. You, you, you know, take dominion over it, rule over it, multiply, take care of it, beautify it, okay? And... Uh, and so it's, it's a high calling. It's, it's extraordinary to be entrusted with so much. And, um, and yet sometimes we lose our vision. We, we lose our way. And if we lose the meaning of work, we're going to miss out on a huge portion of our life that we, we spend in, in a, with hours and toil and effort and planning. And, and, uh, and, I, and I think God wants to restore vision for work and the essence of it. And along with it, as we read, the rest that has to go side by side with it. Work and rest, the Sabbath. Six days ye shall work, and on the seventh, rest, just like God. Amen? And he, he left us a, a, an example, a pattern that we are to follow. Okay, so we see that we're here as caretakers. And there's something good. Here's one thing that I think we can all take heart in, okay, in the journey, that in this life, we're here as managers for the Lord himself, as stewards of the Lord, as ambassadors for the Lord. You can use all these terms, caretakers. Uh, but there's sometimes that you just need to look at the situation and go, you know what? Don't take such a heavy load on yourself say, and just say, say to the devil sometime, hey, I just work here. God's still the owner. So there's sometimes when you're dealing with people, you're dealing with different things, the things that come up. And you got to kind of roll it off your shoulder and go, I'm working here. I'm trying to be a steward. I'm trying to put things in order and make things beautiful. But there's times where it's not so easy. Anyone experience that? And there's times you got to roll it back and go, I'm just working here. I'm a steward. I don't have to take all the heaviness of, I mean, that's where the Lord comes in. The great shepherd. We're sub-shepherds. Does that make sense? But there is... Uh, someone that we're all going to be accountable to, okay, on how we steward, how we treat people, all these things are, are part of stewardship. So um, look at your name and say, I just work here. Look at your other name and say, I just work here. Okay? Now, we like to say, well, I'm taking ownership, and there's something beautiful about that, too, where we, and I think that ties into the Colossians passage that we were just talking about, about whatever you do, do it with all your heart. You ever, you ever, you ever been there, done a job and your heart wasn't really in it? I mean, heartless workers, I mean, they don't, they don't advance very well. They don't go very far. And, and so we're called to put our all into what we do, to give our best. Okay. Um, 
Now we know that Adam was charged to multiply, to grow, to, to, uh, to beautify all that God had given him. And we see uh, in Romans, or sorry, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we can see, see the understanding, we see the pattern of work and rest. And I think we'll have to do another whole message on, on rest, really, in the Sabbath. We need to go much deeper into that. I need to get a better grip of that. How many people say, I need to get a hold of that one? Lord, teach me to rest. Teach me to, to observe the Sabbath and make it holy. And uh, so we're going to go there another day. But for today, we're, we're looking at um, how the Lord uh, initiated this existence that we're in here, this creation, planet Earth and all who are on it, all the inhabitants of this, this uh, great globe that we're on. And um, so on, this, on the sixth day, God himself finished his work, right? You, you understand that? He makes all the creatures and the crowning creation, Adam and Eve. And then, and so on the sixth day, and he said it was good. It was good. It was good. Every day was good. He was like, man, I did a good job today. I did a good job today. I'm sure God was doing it with all his heart. Look at creation. Look at the detail. You ever just looked at a flower? It's just like, I mean, not even Sol- Solomon was, was adorned in such a way. I mean, the details, like you go, you can go and look at these tiny little wildflowers that no one even sees up on the mountains. Like you're, and you're like going, are you kidding me? There's this, this kind of detail and color and creation. And, and to, to deny that there's a, 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 a creator is insanity when you see what God has put before us. And so it's beautiful. And it's, at the last day, he says, it's very good. He, he, said to, he says to himself, I did a great job. I did a very good job. I'm going to rest. And there's something about doing a good job, being a good worker, an honest day's work, as they say. The Bible talks about a, a, a laborer has sweet sleep at night, someone who's working hard, who gets the job done, that sense of accomplishment to, to finish things. Remember, he says, I, I finished creation. God says right here, he finishes work and he rests. And Jesus, in his mission, we think his final words on the cross, after doing a great job of salvation for mankind, he says, it is finished. There's something about accomplishing, amen? Not just starting a job. Anyone can start a job. But to finish it, and watch this, to finish it well, there's something that's so good for our soul. You know, the other day, we, we cleaned out our garage. It had gotten, like, crazy. We, didn't, we were, like, trying to keep the garage door shut, like, because it was just, just, you know, just heaped up with all this stuff, and we hadn't cleared it out. Hey, we, we lived in our, our house for, like, 29 years, so you got to give us a break, okay? And it was just, it was, but we were like, we're like, Emily, Daniel, uh, Mom and Dad, we're all doing this together, and, and we had a big cleaning day, and at the end of the day, it was extraordinary. We look around, whoa, we can see our floor again. There's, a, there's space, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and there's times about just getting things in order, amen? Cleaning and, and, and not being afraid to get our hands dirty. You know, if you think about it, God, he, when he made you, he dug a pit. When he made mankind, he dug in the dirt. He got dirt in his fingernails, okay? He just, he dug in there, he took a scoop of the earth, and he started to, f- to fashion Adam. And so he, he, he wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. We're in a culture right now where everything's so sterilized and You've got hand sanitizer everywhere and, 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 and you know, and, and people are afraid to touch and, and do and, and, and we're, we're so electronic now, so hands off, so distant from the very way that God created us. So soil is good. You is one, right? You're a clump of soil, of clay, right? Okay? 
Did I point at, at Daniel when I said that, Daniel Crane? <laughs> okay, um, so, man, but in, in our, culture, our culture, manual labor is kind, of, kind of starts to be looked down upon. And I, and I believe we're coming into a day where it's going to be like, does anyone know how to fix something? Does anyone know how to grow something? Is that all the basic traits of life are going to be premium because there's a whole lot of shaking going on. And we're going to have to know how to roll up our sleeves and work and get stuff done. Amen? Amen. And so God gives Adam and Eve their work in the garden in paradise. And, and there's a purpose for that. There's a purpose for productivity and multiplication and all these things. Now, in the Greek mythology and the Greek mindset that came along, they were like higher thinkers, right? Intellectuals. And, and they, they want knowledge and, and all these and intellectual acrobatics is what they were into. And they, they actually thought that um, in Greek mythology, they say the Pandora box, when they opened it, there, uh, there was a curse on work, that work was cursed. They, they, so they didn't really like work. They wanted people to work for them. And, uh, and we see that mindset with elites sometimes that come along, however, wherever they come from in a culture, but they're like, we need the, the servitude uh, population. We need the elites over here. And, and, uh, but the Lord, you know, he, he just comes along and he says, hey, whatever your, your heart finds to do, your hands find to do, work is good. Work is healthy. Work is essential. And so is rest. And so we're going to go deeper into this. So we talked just for a moment here from Exodus 28. It says, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Now, I think it's important to also realize, a lot of people say, we're not keeping the, we're not keeping the, um, the Sabbath. We're not keeping the Sabbath. That's probably the main error. It was the main error of Israel, is they work too much. And because it takes faith to unplug, doesn't it? It takes faith to unplug and say, oh, I'm not going to plant today. I'm not going to plow. I'm going to, you know, in an agricultural world and these type of things. And there was even Sabbaths for an entire year, the seventh year and these type of things. And so that pattern is there, but also we got to not forget about the six days. Ah, six days ye shall work. So you ever heard that one preached before? That's Bible too. So there's a, there, there's, there's a part of also like we need to be doing stuff and getting stuff done and being productive and, 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 and really uh, maxing out in the things that we're called to. Wow, I got quiet in here. Everyone's like... Okay, so you got to take the full account, okay, of the scripture. Six days we work, seventh we rest. So let's just let that be imprinted upon your heart and your lifestyle, okay? I'm, and, and I'm not against vacations and good times of rest and all that good stuff, but there's, this is a pattern that the Lord left for us, not just to ponder, but to implement. Amen? Yes. Wow, it's hard to get uh, some amens out of you guys today, man. It's like, all right, here we go. Genesis 1, uh, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So you see here in the beginning, there's God. He's creating the heavens and the earth. And, and as you look into the earth, it's formless. It's void. It's empty. It's just darkness. It it's really sounds like a mess, chaotic, right? But there's the Spirit of God. I believe the Holy Spirit is right there hovering over the waters, getting ready to make something beautiful out of it. Who loves the ocean? You go see the ocean, the beauty of the ocean. Are you kidding me? 
you know, and, and so uh, the Holy Spirit was right there ready uh, to turn this into, to bring this disorder and this chaos into something beautiful. And that's part of our DNA. Is the Holy Spirit in you? Well, he's still right there wanting to extend himself through you where you see disorder, you see injustice, you see brokenness, you see the, these things. And I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to extend himself through us to beautify, to heal, to bring divine order where there's chaos, where there's division. Amen? And so don't be afraid of a chaotic situation, like, like in our early days, a crazy neighborhood that no one wanted to touch, you know? And, and we didn't necessarily want to touch it either. We kind of fell into it. Uh, careful when you obey God, because one step leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And you'll be like, oh, how did I get here? Oh, by obedience. And you're like, well, I didn't expect to be here. That's okay. Why is that? Because his ways are better than our ways. God began to open up things, began to open up the miraculous for us. We began to see miraculous provision, things I would have never seen when I was sitting over here saying, as I talked about last week, hey, God, come over here and bless me. You know, I'm trying to help you out here, God. You know, come, you know I'm serving you, but in the way that best serves me. And, and all of a sudden, I finally, God wrestled me. And I let it all go. I'm a free agent for the Lord. What do you want, Lord? Here I am, <laughs> you know? And God began to do miracles. We began to see him move in such mighty ways. And that's when I always tell people, that's when, when I let go of the, me and mine and just maybe the way I picture my life, the way I envision what I've worked for, fought for in a certain way, certain parameters. And, you know, when I let that go, I began to have stories I could tell my kids and grandkids. Like everything just started like, here comes the kingdom of heaven. Amen? I mean, I can literally see before and after in my storyline. And so um, the Holy Spirit is in you. He wants to beautify this world. Now, um, to shape things through you, to form things. Um, and, and it's just part of our nature. We're called to, now watch this. I want to put this to you. So God worked, right? Six days. What was he doing during the six days? He was creating so are you telling me that work is a creative thing? That when we work, we're being creative? We're being like the creator who worked, which his work was creating. And I, I want to say that God wants you to be creative. He wants you to start a business. He wants you to paint a painting. He wants you to write a song. He wants you to teach students and see the potential and pull it out of them to their high calling. He wants you to, 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 to be a, a medical profession and, 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 and see someone whose whole body is chaotic and it's not working and, and be, be able to use your intellect and your training and the technology God's given and be able to bring that whole body back into order. Next thing you know, they're doing good again. This is part of godliness extended through us to create, to love our neighbor, right? I have a neighbor who just loves <laughs> washing cars. And he's always come knocking on my door. Not always, but a few times now. It's been a real blessing. <laughs> hey, can I wash your cars? I was like, come again? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, just, I was out here washing. I was wondering if you want to wash. I can detail it too. You want me to do that? I was like, I was like do I? <laughs> let, me, let me think for a moment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he loves it. It's like ther therapy for him. He comes and cleans the big ministry truck and all this good stuff. And, and I, the other day he showed up, he had a bottle of the, the tire shiner stuff, you know, that make it look all wet and nice and black, you know. And I was like, yeah, go 
have at it. Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> and it looks great. And there's something about, there's things inside us that might seem like small things, might things that you like to do, might be just a hobby right now, but they're creative things that are longing to be birthed, to come forth out of you. That, that, that watch this, don't just benefit you, but benefit your neighbors. You're like, I just love doing this. And I, ran, I already washed all my cars and I still have a love for doing it. I'll go help someone else. Or you might love cooking food, and you're like, I already cooked for my family, but I just love cooking. I love hospitality. Well, then let it spill over. Let it bless someone else. Let it go further. Amen? Amen. So the, the Hebrew word for create is only used three times in the Old Testament, and it's only referred to directly with God, okay? And, and so there's other words that are referred to when it comes to Humans, when it talks about our creativity, um, but J.R. Tolkien came up with a, a, a nice phrase I really like. He's, he came up with this word called to subcreate, subcreation. So if you think about it, now f- the first word that refers to God creating, it means to make something totally new, basically uh, out, of, out of no matter at all, like, like just make something out of nothing. God does that. Okay. Think about it. Have you ever made something out of nothing, really? You know, we're, it's all derivatives of his creation. You think about your cell phone for a moment there. Someone made that, right? Some guy, I don't know where my cell phone went. Oh, well. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, it's, it's all elements. Of, like, it's got lithium for the batteries, right? It's got all these elements of the earth, and someone had to mine that and put this together, and technology and software. And, but it's all derivatives of God's creation, the plastic, the oil, the different things that comes to make the things that we have, okay? So we're, we're all sub-creators. We, we, we create, but we use the things that God's given us, the tools, and, you know, um, you, you might be an artist, and, but even, even so, if you're an artist, you got that nice canvas. Well, someone made that canvas. I came from somewhere. You got your oil paints, right? Well, you can't paint without some material assistance, and so God gives us all that we need to create and to be sub-creators in this realm. But man is called to create. And, and uh, that's part of our work. I want to attach that to work. That work can be exceedingly creative. It doesn't have to be just the humdrums. Yes, there's times where there's toil involved. There's discipline. You've got to endure. We've got to get through. There's elements of that. I remember one time I was with this great prophetic leader, and I was flying in a plane with him, and and I was going to these conferences, and he would step in the place, and the whole place was just like, he just had, it was just such authority. He just had this anointing on his life at this time, and I got to tag along with him, and it was, it was remarkable. And I remember in the plane coming back from this conference, and, and, and just when he spoke, it was like thunder. I mean, just, you could just feel the anointing, and God backing up these words, and these things happening, and I, I was just watching all that. I was dry, so I'm flying back. I'm sitting in the pilot seat with him, and I'm thinking about it, and I said, I said, man, that's, that's pretty amazing what you get to do. And he said, yeah, he said, the Lord will allow me to, to, to do the things I love. I got the, he said, I got the best job in the world. And he said, the Lord told me I could do what I love if I'm willing to do the stuff I don't love. If I'm willing to, to, to do the toil part, the part that I'm like, this part of the job is, I don't like it at all. But if I be faithful with that part, I would get to do the best part. Because a lot of people just want to get the best part. Well, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. You can't even get people to work in our culture right now. 
It's like, nah, you know, $16 an hour isn't enough. $20 an hour. I mean, there's signs out there everywhere now. It's like, somebody please work. Somebody help. Hello? And so we're in a strange time right now in America where, where these, there's cultural shifts. But I believe God's people are to be a people who know how to work, who can work it and can create and can accomplish and have an honest day's work and feel good about it and have the, the, the blessings of work come upon us. See, we're in a time, if you think about it, uh, I'm gonna, actually, let me back up for a moment. Let's talk about Marxism because there's a rise of Marxism again. A lot of people thought it was done away with. It was never going to rise again. And communism and, uh, you know, it, it had been seen for what it is, you know, run away, run away. No one wants to live in a communist uh, nation. And, but it's strange how history just recycles and, and, and it's a spirit that roams the earth seeing who it can attach itself to. It'll attach itself to a new generation that's clueless or never read history or just like, oh, Oh, so someone, some politician comes along and says to everyone, hey, everything's going to be free, and we're going to go get all that money that those billionaires, those evil billionaires, they owe you all that money. And they're like, oh, bing, good idea. Let's do that. Let's vote that direction. I didn't want to work anyways. And so, uh, but, but communism comes along, like Karl Marx comes along, and he begins to talk all about the workers, the workers, the power of the workers, the comrades, the common man. And he begins to talk about all this. And there's something about that. There's high value for work in the scripture. So there's always elements of truth and deception. And so he begins to elevate this, but he does it in a way where he, he this high value of work and workers, and, 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 uh, but he does it in a way that's uh, godless. He was an atheist. So there was no biblical values to give some boundaries and, 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 and after a while, people start realizing it was mostly deception and the fruit of it was, was bad. And there was, there was the elites again, right in the middle of, we're all, wait, weren't we all supposed to be common together, sharing all things equal? How did those guys get up there running everything again? We're down here, we're, I mean, it just happens over and over in history. Those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. And so what happens, uh, you think of Cambodia. We traveled to Cambodia right before COVID and there's a, uh, atrocity. They call it the killing fields. And so it was Marxism grabbed hold of that land and communism. And finally they toppled the regime that was there. And it was all the common folk. It was the workers. The workers were going to liberate everybody. And you know how they did it? So all the common folk rise up and they began to butcher, massacre millions. I can't remember how many millions. Someone that was on that trip might remember. But, but it was like Unbelievable. Who did they kill? All the elites, all the professionals, the doctors, anyone. If you had glasses, that means you probably are intellectual and you can read, so they're going to they kill people with glasses. I mean, you see these cycles, and it's all reviving, revolving around class wars, class wars, the haves, the have-nots, and, 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 and yet there's some people who just settle down and, and work as God has called us to and not worry about all this uh, shortcuts to getting rich quick. Hey, we can get rich quick if we topple that regime and we go. You see what I'm saying? There's so many deceptions that come. And then you got capitalism where in some ways um, ma manual work is disdained or looked down upon, even though it's like, well, the American dream, but no one really wants to do the, do the, 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 the common work in today's world, at least in modern capitalism. That's why we can't get people to work. And, uh, 
And so we look at our society and we see these, these shifts and this shaking. And in, in all of that, there's got to be some people who just take the counsel of God and say, you know, God said this is wholesome. God said this is good. I'm going to do an honest day's work. I'm going to find what is the work that God has called me to, put my hand to the plow and not look back. And a thundering amen. Oh. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Second Thessalonians. Ready for this? Second Thessalonians 3, verse 6. We talked about this in, in guys' group a couple weeks back. It says, now this is warning against idleness. Okay. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers, to keep away from every brother who is idle. And does not live according to the teachings you receive from us. This is Apostle Paul talking. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because... We do not have a right for such help, but in order to make ourselves as a model for you to follow. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he should not eat. We hear that some of you among, some among you are idle. They're not busy. They're busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread that you eat. As for you, brothers, never tire in doing what is right. So you all see in that council? So this, that's where you get that phrase, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. You ever, you ever met someone, they're like, oh, you're not eating today? It's like, no, are you fasting? No, I'm just not working, so... That would be biblical. <laughs> but I'm just making you think a little bit here. How deep, how, how much are we going to follow the scripture, you know? Okay, so I would suggest don't just go around not eating. Just work. Just do something. Do something healthy and wholesome and something that brings an income and pays bills. And, and, and uh, you know, there's things that we can do. We don't all have to wait around for the perfect thing. There's, how many people have ever had an in-between job, like a stepping stone job? Yeah. See, here's the thing. It's the, the danger is idleness. You've heard the phrase, idleness is the devil's workshop. Just sitting around. It's that they're not busy. Uh, in a negative way, they're not busy. They're not doing anything productive. They're not carrying their own weight. You know, do you know we're called as a community, as a global community, uh, hum, in humanity to carry our weight in society and to do good and to help and to make a difference? I know this is a different kind of message, but I believe it's maybe the very heart of why America's falling apart right now. See, if people don't want to work, they're going to look for every shortcut, whether it's right or not. Yeah. They're just going to be like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And, and, and shortcuts, the Lord showed me a long time ago, he showed me a shortcut. It's like, okay, let's say this is your, this is your inheritance right here. This is, this is what God's got for you. This is your portion. God's got it for you. This, this, this square represents you. So 
We can walk in the boundaries the Lord's given us, the scriptures and the virtues and the values that he's given us. But every once in a while, the devil will come along or someone will come along with a nice contract or this or that or something, an opportunity. There's a lot of opportunists out there. And they'll come along and they'll say, hey, you know, you can just, uh, if you just take this cut right here, from here to here, you, can, you don't have to go all the way around here, you know. You don't have to stay in that boundary. You can just go right here. And so we do a shortcut. We take a compromise. We do something. And we take that, and we don't realize we're cutting a whole corner off our portion. And then we take another cut here, another cut here. We wonder why people are so miserable and don't have much to show for their lives. It's because we're not walking in integrity in the, in the word of the Lord. So we're cutting ourselves. Now we're living on this little island. That's, now that's you. Hopefully it's not. But you're, just, you're whittled down to this little thing because of all the compromises. And the Lord says, I got a portion for you if you just walk in my ways. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the best of the land. God wants to bless us off the scale. But he says, first your heart's got to be right. You've got to be willing. Right? Willing to do good. Willing to work. Willing to serve. And obedient, not just do self-serve, but do what the Lord has called us to do. Hmm. So, uh, so there's a warning against idleness, and, that, and we could go way deeper into that. Way deep. There's all through Proverbs and laziness, idleness, all these different aspects of warnings that get us in trouble. Okay, I remember my very first job when I was a teenager, and I was so excited. I thought, man, I'm going to have a job. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, finally get paid. I'm, I'm in the big leagues now. I was like 13 years old, and I get this construction job with my brother. And it was, actually wasn't construction. It was destruction. It was demolishing a, a building, which was kind of fun for a 13-year-old. But I remember walking back after those first couple of weeks, man, I was so worn out. I was just like, I mean, I had, I was getting calluses. I was like, you know, I, I was dirt. I looked like a coal miner. I had this one job where I had to be on this, on this block, cinder block wall, and there was no way to take it down except one brick at a time. So I had to sit on the very top of the wall like this with a, with a hammer, big hammer. And I had to bang that thing loose and then pull it over the side, and then drop it, because it was only like a four-foot drop that you could go, we couldn't just throw it, or you had to be real careful, there's buildings right beside it, so I'm, I'm like doing that, I remember at the end of the day, I'm totally worn out, all these muscles, all these, I'm like one, after, one brick after another, and I had to back up each time, back up, next block, back up, next block, I'm doing that like all day long, and then finally I, they go, man, what happened to your pants, man, I, like, I got cuts, both parts of my pants, and I remember, I was like, Lord, what was that? That's your introduction to work, son. <laughs> and it was almost like anything else from that point would be easy after that summer of, of work. But, but there's something about doing hard work, hard labor, working hard, finishing, completing, accomplishment that I believe God wants us to enjoy. And it doesn't have to be all physical work. I'm not talking about that. I mean, intellectual jobs and, and ministry is not easy. You know, there's things that, Everything's got its toil. Everything's got the parts that you, you don't like. But then there's the benefits. So let me keep going here. Um, so God also calls us to do something that not only feeds our family, brings income, pays our bills, uh, but we can also contribute. We can contribute. 
Uh, we can be benefit for others and other families and contribute to our community. How many people want to make a difference? Well, if you don't have a job and don't have any money, it's a lot harder. Yeah? Wow, you got a tough crowd today, man. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting something. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to read you a couple more scriptures. It says, lazy hands make a man poor. Lazy hands make, this is Proverbs 10.4. Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs 12.24 says, diligent hands will rule. How many people want to have authority and impact? Diligence, diligent hands. That's different than just, well, my brain was thinking a lot today. No, you actually put your hand to something. We're accomplishing things, and things are getting done. And, and it says, uh, but laziness ends in slave labor. Laziness ends in slave labor. And you look at societies and uh, cultures that end up in slavery. And I, I believe there's a root. You can study the fall of the Roman Empire. And you can see how after a while they didn't want to do any, any more work. The, the actual Roman citizens, it was like all the servitude class would do everything for them. And they got fat, they got happy, they got uh, diverted and perverted, okay? They got, it really got really twisted. Their character, and part of it, I believe, is they didn't, they got so far out there, they didn't have any more work to keep them grounded. There's something about work that keeps us grounded. Does this make sense to anyone? Yes. Put your hands in the dirt, you know? Uh, there, and I believe we're coming into a time where God's calling us back to that place, back to that place. I believe it's going to be so important that people that know how to work, how to fend for themselves, okay? I just believe that times are, are shifting, and, and these battles are going down all around us, and God just is looking for a faithful people that will steward what God has given us to take dominion, to continue to multiply, Lord, we just thank you. I'm going to start praying right now. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the, the, the gift of work, Lord. We know that in paradise there was work. We know that the Lord modeled, Father God modeled work from day one through day six. And, and Lord, we just see it everywhere. And Lord, woe be to us if we try to avert that or avoid that or, or neglect, Lord, the pattern of healthy work and stewardship and and uh, an, an honest day's work, Lord. Would you bring us back to these virtues, Lord? Lord, we want to be creative. Lord, I pray that people here would find the work that they're called to. Lord, we thank you for the, the, the jobs that fill in. But, Lord, we, we want to do the work that makes us come alive as well, Lord. The things that we resonate and we feel like, wow, this is what I was made for. Lord, would you bring us to that as we're faithful of small things? And Lord, whatever we do, Lord, teach us, help us, Lord, to work with all of our heart, not half-hearted, Lord. Forgive me when I've been half-hearted, Lord, when I've been distracted, Lord. But whatever we do, work at it with all our heart because we know we're serving you. We're serving you, Lord, not men. It's not really a transaction of men. 
It's before the Lord that we do all things. And it's to the Lord we will give an account. And I'll read you one last scripture and pray this over you. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my brother, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And I believe that even if you have a, what they call a secular job, it's not really secular if you're there. You can make it holy just because you're there. And so as you devote, uh, or as you, sorry, as you let nothing move you from the things you're called to, giving yourselves fully to the work of the Lord in your workplace, in your school, wherever God has you, however long it's there, that may they meet the Lord because you are there. Because that labor, that work is not in vain. The Lord rewards. He loves to reward his children. He loves to promote us, advance us. Help us to do our part, Lord. Humbly do our part so that we are promotable. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, would you break off any lies that we've been told about work and stewardship and anything that's not of you, Lord, anything that's come through our culture where we've looked down upon things that you've given us to do or when we've been lazy or distracted. Lord, would you forgive us? Would you cleanse us? Would you make us a productive people, Lord? You want us to be the head and not the tail. Diligent hands rule. You want us to have leadership, authority. Help us, Lord. Be faithful where you've put us, Lord. Our labor is not in vain. Our labor is not in vain. Thank you, Lord.